0: Hey murder lovers! (laughs) My name is Mackenzie. This is Patina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to our bantering.
1: (laughs) Coming to Amazon near you. Stranger Danger teasers.
0: (laughs) Dude, if we got a partner with Amazon, come on Bezos. Wouldn't
1: that be funny?
0: But speaking of, not necessarily Amazon, but speaking of like streaming platforms because i was thinking amazon prime and everything like that have you started the netflix about the mafias in new york
1: no oh my gosh so like
0: mafias are my shit okay <laughs> like there's i just i said in one it's of our beginning big episodes, organizations yeah yeah that like you know al capone and like yeah. all the ogs and you know and all that stuff that's kind of like my intro to true crime i just like freaking loved it so there's this new show on Netflix that's called Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. Oh. And I thought it was going to be one of those, like, drama docuseries where it's, like, reenactments the mafia wives. or whatever. <laughs> not even Mafia Wives, but I thought it was going to be, like, reenactment stuff. Sure. It's not. They're, like, actually interviewing the FBI guys that went and took down the five major Mafia families that were running wow. New York. It's only three parts. Like, it's really short. Um, It's a quick watch. But it's very interesting if you're into that kind of stuff which i am i yeah. love it well so yeah that's what i'm gonna what was that thing
1: that on. i was super late on watching that i was like everyone needs oh, to
0: watch this trial by media i was like <laughs> oh my god that's like a year old so fatina posted on the instagram the other day which every once in a while she you'll notice like standard <laughs> posts are me But then every once in a while something will pop up and it'll be like, there's a GIF on it,
1: it was me. Yeah, it has like an
0: F on it and she signs it. It
1: has to be because I have to take responsibility away from Mackenzie. If it's stupid or if it's bad, you'll know it's from me.
0: So she posted something on there the other day. You posted that you were watching Trial by Media and I texted you and I was like, girl. (laughs) Seriously? And you were like all outraged by all these like things that we'd all already seen. I was like...
1: Which no, one was it? The first one was where they were on the Jenny Jones show. Or, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh, someone declared their love. Um, his friend, male to male, they he declared his love, and the guy was embarrassed and all these things. And a couple days after getting home from the Jenny Jones show, he grabbed the shotgun and went and shot the guy who had yeah. declared his love. But I knew of the case, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh my God, there's a documentary. And I, I was, it was late night and I started watching it. First of all, I thought the whole series was going to be on this one thing. And I was oh, like, wow, no. they're moving fast on this. They're telling me a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, it's episodial. So yeah. every episode is something different, but it has something to do with either how to me- how the media influence the trial or influence the case or led up to it and just the the thinking behind how a jury or a or even in in one of the cases how a defense lawyer used the media to their favor yeah is just fascinating so, so if you haven't watched it if you're behind the times like i am go watch trial by media i think it's netflix it's or netflix, something yeah Well, and
0: one of our listeners DM'd us after that one and was like, oh, my gosh, did you get to the one about the rape victim where they televised her name? And I was like, I know it was your story, but I was responding to him because I was like, "Um, yes, like, what the hell? And so having those conversations and everything like that, which I was, you know, I had to take it over for a second. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Mostly because I knew you wouldn't look at him. I didn't even see it. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to, like, respond to those. But I also wanted to be like, this is Fatina's story. She's late to the story. I already knew all of this. (laughs) I knew this happened. I'm on top of these. I actually think that that one came out, I want to say like beginning quarantine, but I don't actually remember. And that's why I watched it. I don't Mm. think I was that ahead. But yeah, I think it was like beginning quarantine. And that was one of the first things I knocked out. That being said, I still haven't watched the Epstein one on Netflix, which I know Mm. everybody has. So I'm behind on things too.
1: That's a, a good intro. Into the Epstein case trial, everything that's going on with it, uh, at least about the sexual abuse and the trafficking that was happening. A lot of the survivors are talking on it. So if you haven't seen it, it goes beyond what is being talked about in the media, which is the trial, the proceedings right now with Ghislaine Maxwell it goes into the the root of everything, which is what is happening, which is the sexual sexual abuse, sexual trafficking, yeah, and you know, how that got started. So, very interesting. You should go watch it. Yeah, Mike
0: and I are going to watch that next because cool. he, he keeps bringing it up. And I don't ever, like, I'm not in the mood to watch something heavy at night. Right. And that's the thing is, like, the only time I get to watch stuff like that is at night. And I just haven't been in the mood lately at all. Like, my brain just can't handle it. right? And everything is too heavy. The world is freaking ending yeah. every single day. <laughs> so, like, he'll be like, I want to watch the Epstein thing. And I'm like, I want to watch Big Bang Theory. Or, I want to watch Friends. <laughs> something light. And he's like, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of the world ending, July 22nd came and went. And Lori Vallow's premonition that the world was going to end on it on that date did not happen. No way. We're still here. We're still here. Or are we? (laughs) I mean, well... It was kind of crazy, though, because I think a little right after midnight, there was an earthquake off the coast of Alaska.
0: Oh, really? It was a
1: 7.8 earthquake that issued or made them issue a tsunami warning to the north or sorry, southwest corner of Alaska. (sighs) Tsunami. So it was so (sighs) right after midnight, like this shit happened. so, you know, people posting are going crazy like, oh, my God, what else is going to happen? I think. That was the biggest thing that happened
2: Mm
1: -hmm. on that day Um, as far as world news or impending doom. Um, In other true crime news, we know the Vanessa Vanessa Guillen story case is still developing. Yeah, Actually, while they were looking for her remains, they found another soldier, right? So we're at two. Did you know we're at four now? No, I didn't know that. We are at four soldiers that have been first reported missing and now found dead. If
0: this changes by the time this story goes up, please just know we record in advance.
1: Right. So, Disclaimer. there was a soldier who had been taken away his privileges to be buried in the military burial grounds. Yeah. Where, um, his privileges were given back because he was given, you know, honors and everything to be buried in the in next to I believe his grandfather and his uncle or something like mm-hmm. that. And Oh yeah, because he was um he, he was AWOL.
0: Yeah. He, well he, was, he had been declared AWOL. And labeled a deserter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he wasn't.
1: Right. So that one and the two most recent are also males who both of their cases are they're kind of hush hush on them, right? We mm-hmm. know this about So far about Fort Hood and and their proceedings, but there's... The military, uh, hush, hush, what? what? (laughs) So there's... But they have said that all of them have died under... Unusual circumstances. Unusual circumstances. Yeah. So once we know more about that, keep an eye on that if you can. If you find out something interesting or, any, um, you know, something develops on it that you think we should be aware of, let us know. It's it's weird to say that, you know, I want to be involved or uh, aware of what's happening. But when a case like this, obviously what's going to be a big case or big cases or uh, it'd be interesting to f- be following it from the beginning. Yeah. Um, just like the Lori Vallow case. So, um, And we don't
0: cover these ones as they're developing because that means then we have to go back and do updates. Right. We, we kind of postpone them until we have answers because... And it's just a lot of back and forth, and it's hard for you guys to keep track. A lot track of allegedly's or a lot yeah. of, and the know, things, assumptions. And things change. Yeah, right.
1: things change. So and we're waiting for a As far case. as, you know, we go, th- there is a legal system that, you know, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. And I want to have that stamp on some court papers that says they're guilty for me to say they're guilty. So yeah. uh, at least... In a so public so forum just like this, ourselves. exactly. So again, if you guys see anything, you guys could be part of our little army, no pun intended, of detectives. That if you see an article or anything that you think um, has new information or interesting information, shoot it our way. We'd love to have the link because that could just we would put it in a folder and then come back to it when when that story closes up or when it's developed as far as it would be and we could give you guys a full story for everyone to hear um (laughs) i
0: try to do a good job of staying on top of your guys' stuff so like we have a listener who i don't have her permission to use her name so i won't but she sent us something on um, instagram the other day and then sent us a video in our twitter dms Mm -hmm. and fatina fell down that rabbit hole very quickly (laughs) um which i knew she would And then somebody else actually tweeted us that had just started following us, tweeted us. um, Just so she
1: knows who she is, it was the story of the falling of the cabal. Uh, Oh, yeah. God. I I literally, like,
0: hours. I told her, I was like, I'm sending this to Fatina.
1: That's how I learned more about the Pizzagate. Yeah, because
0: she also sent us a clip of that, too, um, for the JonBenet conspiracy or whatever, Mm -hmm. that she was following that. So, thanks. You know who you are. But then another, somebody that just started following us recently tweeted us on our um, actual, like, Twitter feed. So, I mean, girl, you put your name out there. (laughs) You didn't DM us. (laughs) Angela, she sent us transmissions from uh, Jonestown. And she was like. Oh, like like the audios? Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, some of it is, like, recordings of mothers yelling for their babies. Like, things that were being recorded during the actual, like yeah kool-aid thing um she sent us that and like tagged us and some things so like i do i try and stay on top of it and reply back to you guys so if you see things like that send it over to us because one of us is going to be interested in it and if it's not one it's the other and we pass them back and forth and sometimes we're down the rabbit hole together going oh my god can you believe this
1: yeah, if you haven't already joined the Facebook group, that's where we put a lot of the extras, a lot of the explicit photos, or a lot of the... I think today we we posted the pictures to Jonestown, and a lot of them... I think we got our first ones that hide, and you have to like agree oh, yeah, we to got see a, more. We got a graphic <laughs> the censorship. Graphic, right, so if you are so inclined... Uh, like us, to know everything about a case, including pictures, um, because it helps you paint a picture or just, you know, see what's actually happening. Join the Facebook page. Mackenzie said it before. We're not going to force feed you those graphic pictures on the more public forums, like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're going to do that on the private page where you've, by entering it, you've consented to seeing those or being put on in front of you so yeah
0: and that is stranger danger colon murder lovers that's where you
1: find it that's correct
0: Alrighty, i think we've jabbered enough yeah so what she do you got today a murder story a murder story <laughs> oh my god what kind of podcast do you think this is
1: all right so today i'm telling you about the murder of michelle mcneil and what everything happening up to it, obviously happening afterwards, this story, oh, I totally dove into. It's a crazy story, uh, almost like any story. What am I saying? We wouldn't so. be covering it if it wasn't. <laughs> right. Michelle McNeil, she was born January of 1957. A little bit about her, point blank, she was beautiful. She was homecoming queen. She did some modeling work in her early years. She was a wholesome, like small town girl, and she resided in Utah. Everybody loved her. Everybody loved her. Lit up a room. (laughs) (laughs) She was the type, you know, the quintessential like lit up a room when she walked in because she really did. Though she was post pictures. They always do. (laughs) She is beautiful. She almost um, reminds me a little Farifosity. Oh, she's super. She's super uh, beautiful. So, anyway, during her young teenage years, she was part of the Mormon faith, and she still was till she died. But one of the meetings that they had through the Mormon Church was a singles like mingles night, mm-hmm. and this is where she met Mister Martin McNeil. They instantly had a connection. They started going out. He was of the Mormon faith as well. And within three months of meeting each other, Mm -hmm. they hitched. So, super fast. Sheesh. Super young love. I'm going to fast forward on this and I'm going to go back to a little bit of Martin's history because it'll make more sense if I tell it backwards. Because.
0: Sorry, we rewinding or fast forwarding?
1: So I'm fast forwarding right now, okay. but I'm going to go back. Okay, got it. So they were married within three months. By the time Michelle died, was killed, they had been married for 30 years. Okay. For those 30 years, within those 30 years, they had had eight children. A lot of kids. Four biological between them. And for adopted kids. Okay, that
0: makes more sense. I was trying to get it in my head. And
1: this was to paint a picture, you know, embodying of how of a how great of a person she was, and how much love she had it was great to everyone around her. Um, there's movies, home movies of her just being so sweet with her kids. Her kids, whether they're biological or adopted, all recollect her their mother as a loving person that she always. Cared for them always. Gave them all the love they needed. Great mother. So, Martin was a doctor and a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So, well-respected man. Life was comfortable Mm -hmm. financially. And...
0: explains why they were able to afford to adopt so many kids. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And during... He didn't have a practice per se. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have like a physician's office or anything. But I don't know exactly how. But the governor of the town they were in, which is Pleasant Grove or Utah, sorry, Mm -hmm. appointed him as a director of a medical facility. So he did that for 20 plus years. Okay. Okay. So he, you know, they lived a good lifestyle, all these things. They weren't hurting for money. Towards the, you know, climax of when she died, in about 2005, 2004, Martin started changing how he acted. He started staying away from home a little bit more. He started staying at the office a little bit more. And I'm using air quotes. He started working out. He almost he's having an affair. Right. So he's he started working out. He started losing weight. He started lifting weights. He started going to the tanning salon. So he totally changed. This is something that he had never done before. Right. And all of a sudden he's doing this. He's taking care of himself. Some thought it was just like a midlife crisis type of thing. Totally fine. No one thought more of it other than he's starting to look good. You know? Silver Fox type of thing. Nope. So... If you had a hot
0: wife before and you didn't care, and all of a sudden you start caring. Yeah. It's a bad sign.
1: So, out of the blue, in 2007, Martin goes up to Michelle, and he says, I paid for a facelift for you.
0: Oh. Oh. oh.
1: Right. Not, hey, do you want to? Or, hey, what about this? You or know, she's, what like, about expressed that? interest or, in hey, it I or something. hey, I want a facelift. No. I made you an appointment with a surgeon. You're going to get a facelift. And she's like, well, I don't know about that. I didn't think I needed any work. But then at the same time, it sounds like she had pressure. She was 50. Okay. So she still looked good for 50. So and at this point, she didn't think she needed anything. No. She didn't necessarily seek it. That's a personal choice. Right. Yeah. But... And she said, you know, I'll oblige. I'm going to go at least visit the doctor. And now we know that she felt some type of pressure because when she initially said no, Martin was like, well, I would be out the money because I already prepaid for this.
0: They can refund you. Trust me, I've had services (laughs) refunded before.
1: So Michelle goes into the initial appointment to the, uh, what do you call it, the assessment. Yeah. And just to appease her husband. Consultation. Consultation. Thank you. I know (laughs) because I get
0: stuff done. I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, even if they didn't refund you, you could do this, you
1: could do this, you could do this. (laughs) So she likes the doctor. Yeah. And he makes her comfortable And he, you know, points out things that could be better, things that could be changed, how things would be different, some options. And she's like, you know what? I like you. You made me comfortable. Fuck it. Let's go ahead and do it. Right? Again, eight children. So some of them are college age. Some of them have a life already. Some of them are as young as six. Yeah, you don't just, like, go under the knife. So Martin, because he has a full-time job... Between him, his wife, and one of their older daughters, I believe her name was Alexis, they coordinated, Alexis was away at medical school in Nevada, that she would be taking a small break from school. So this happened, I think, spring break week or something Mm -hmm. like that, where she would be home with mom to help take care of her while dad was away at work and whatnot. So they coordinated that. The surgery happened. Everything was great, except for before the surgery happened. Remember, Martin is a doctor. He sat down with the surgeon, and he sat down and and wrote all the prescriptions he wanted prescribed to Michelle. The list of prescriptions, I am page flipping, included Valium. Ambien. Hmm. Finnergan? What is that? Muscle Relaxer? Okay. Keflex, Lortab, and Oxycodone. A recipe for disaster, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. um, Not
1: to be all taken at once.
0: Listen, obviously. I've had stuff done. They didn't give me all that. No. I haven't had a facelift, but they didn't give me all that.
1: The surgeon obliged. No, he didn't. Okay. All right. Prescribed this cocktail of And things. she didn't go,
0: um, what do I need all this for? And, okay, he should have had his license yanked right then. I have questions. So
1: Martin told the surgeon... And I mean, I think it was to a certain degree almost unspoken that the surgeon trusts Martin as a physician. But Ambien. And well, that's because he said, "Well, you know, she's going to be in so much pain; she won't be able to sleep, so we'll give her some Ambien too while we're at that's it." That's what the Vicodin does, or the exactly. Oxy or It'll whatever. make you go to sleep. It'll yeah. relieve you of pain. So does the Valium. And I know these are all repetitive and terrible altogether. Yeah. Because if you take, you know, a Valium and an Ambien and an Oxyco, yeah, See it's you terrible. Next Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. So mom gets home from the surgery. Mind you, it's a facelift, and it's not just a little nip and tuck. It's eyelid, it's cheeks, it's oh, chin, she got the whole it's, Monty. yeah, it's forehead, it's everything. Oh. So her face is bandaged completely. She has a cover over her eyes because her eyelids were done, so she can't see shit. She is bedridden. Oh, that's a so her that's daughter a big
0: first step. That's a lot. Yeah.
1: So the daughter's helping her, you know, keeping with mom, feeding, giving her medicine, all these things. A couple days into her recovery, the dad's like, you know what, sweetheart, you've done enough. Take a break for the night. Go, I don't know if she had, like, a hotel or if she went and saw some friends in town or what have you. I'm making this up because I don't know what she did that night. But basically
0: he said, get out of the house. Get out of the
1: house. And then, so the daughter did... Thought her mom was in good spirits, was recovering well, was taking her medicine accordingly. She comes back in the next morning and she notices her mom is looped out of all fucking hell and is all under this, all these prescriptions. And she's just like feeling nauseous, feeling terrible. And she's like, dad, what the fuck did you do to my mom? Yeah. And he's like, oh, maybe I gave her a little too much. I thought she was in a lot of pain. Da You're a doctor. So she's like, okay. She goes and visits with her mom upstairs again. And she's washing her mom's hair at this point. Because, again, mm. she's helping her mom. And her mom confides in her. If I die, check into your father.
0: Oh, no. See, if if my mom said that, I'd be like, right. pack your shit right now.
1: Absolutely. We're out of here. And but because there was no precursor to this like it obviously a lot of things are 2020 20 hindsight right in hindsight yeah. so and
0: it's hard to the daughter's probably like all right she's medicated exactly
1: yeah and the mom took it another step further and again she has bandages over her eyes she had the daughter put the pills in her hand so she could identify them or what is given to what is being given to her. Yeah. You know, different pills have different shapes and sizes and colors. And so, yeah. Right. But because she couldn't see, she had the daughter put the pills in her hands so she could identify like, am I being overdosed? Yeah. Am I being given the right one? Like if I say I can't sleep and he gives me something else that's not ambient, then what is happening? Yeah. So she, I feel like she had this feeling of something's not right, mm-hmm. obviously. Couple days go by, the daughter has to go back to school. So mm-hmm. she goes back to school. First day back, she misses a call from dad. Not a big deal, right? She's in class, so she couldn't answer it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Martin had picked up, had left work at around 9 30 mm-hmm. and picked up their six-year-old daughter from school at around eleven thirty. Keep that in mind, two-hour gap. Gets home and has six-year-old little Ada go upstairs and check on mom. She goes upstairs, comes down screaming bloody murder. Something's wrong with mom. Oh, no. Mom's in the bathroom. He has Ada run over to the neighbor's house to try and get help. Yeah. And meanwhile, he's calling 911 too. I'll play the 911 call here in a minute. The misses of the neighbor's house, so the wife comes over, runs over cuz she just had a little 6-year-old knocking on her door saying, "My mom needs help. My mom needs help." Yeah. She runs over, runs straight to the bathroom with Martin and Michelle and he shooes her away and says, no, I need a male to come help me take her out of the bathtub. In the panic, she said it now. She wasn't probably thinking straight because she could have done it herself. But she runs over again grabs her husband. Her husband comes in to help Martin. Yeah. So I'm going to play the 911 call for you. Of Between the time that Ada found, the do- the, found her mom and when she went and got the neighbor, this is before the neighbor got into the house. Okay. Talk about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like how she goes, why would an adult female be in the water
1: or whatever like right. that when she's trying to call him back? Right. So it doesn't show it on uh, on this clip, guys, but the ringing in between is because the 911 operator had to call him back three times. He hung up three times. And obviously we can tell he's, quote unquote, in a panic.
0: Yeah, I don't fault people for hanging up because the agitation is just like.
1: Do you hang up though? Do you just drop it? I don't know. I've, that might just be some stuff but before
0: though, where I like probably should have stayed on the line and I like my instinct is like because I get overwhelmed and sure. I need to tune out the noise and I'm just like, go away. And yeah. I
1: so people react differently to different, you know, heightened situations. I thought it was weird. I don't know if you caught it on the recording. We will post the link to the YouTube audio of it. He name drops or career drops saying i'm a physician like get it we get it then yeah. do cpr right? yeah
0: and she says something like do you no know cpr and it sounded like he said no oh.
1: well, no but he I said d- yeah i'm doing it and very agitated more than he is just stressed yeah it sounds more agitated than it is stressed yeah you pissed um worth noting and I'll circle back on this. He says, I let the water out. Yeah. Okay. And that she's underwater. Yeah. So.
0: Also, I I will say you are a physician. You know that you're not supposed to hang up on 911.
1: Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Worth noting as well that the 911 operator had to triangulate where his call was coming from, which... If you're a physician, if you ever call 911, you know to stay on the line and give them like an address because otherwise it's going to take precious minutes, moments away from when paramedics can be there and do potentially life-saving procedures. So just really weird things, especially coming from a physician. I can't really judge him because I'm not in that position, but we'll circle back to, you know, how he was acting and what he was doing. So 911 calls happen And the neighbor comes in, the male neighbor, because that's who he needed help from. Which
0: makes no sense. Also,
1: it's very interesting that Martin, for a couple years now, had been losing weight, had been weight training. Mm -hmm. How is he not able to lift a woman out of a bathtub? Right. She is not a large woman. Right. She is not, you know someone she is an average-sized woman yeah you know so um how could you not right and adrenaline lit- does amazing exactly things. yeah exactly that's been pointed you out about mothers lifting cars off exactly their kids. so if you see your wife you know in distress in this situation and you are physically able then why wouldn't you so the neighbor comes in he grabs the legs Martin grabs her from under the arms, and they both lift her out. He's performing CPR, and that's when paramedics come in, and they start taking over CPR and just doing, you know, what they're trying to do, which is save her life. Yeah. Interesting to note, a lot of things are interesting in this case, that even though Martin is saying that he's performing CPR throughout the entire 911 call... And leading up to the paramedics getting there, mm-hmm. it wasn't until the paramedics started doing CPR that water came out. That, to me, even an untrained detective tells me that he wasn't for that doing he CPR. wasn't doing it, or yeah. he wasn't doing it correctly. You're a fucking physician. Yeah, he wasn't. You doing know it. how to do CPR. Yeah, and especially in that type of situation, obviously there's a certain pressure that you have to you know do to manually compress a chest, but. I feel like you would do it you would be doing it even more so because you're trying to save your wife's life. Yeah. That something would have happened. And you're literally trained to do this. Exactly. So the paramedics get there and they note, and the people that, you know, are at the scene that he is in hysterics. That he is <sighs> yelling and saying, like, why, why, you know, all these things, to the point where he becomes distracting to the people that are on the scene because he's also giving them almost orders on what they should be doing because, again, he's kind of throwing that weight around of I'm a doctor too. And yeah. I get it. If that's your job, you might be saying, you know, try this, try that, try that.
0: But you'd also be able to administer CPR correctly. Exactly.
1: Right. So the paramedics at some point tell him to get the fuck out of the bathroom, out of the room, and he goes into the bedroom or what have you. But they tell him, like, you need to get away from us. Let us do our job, do our job and zone in on what we're doing. Not going back, but yes, going a little bit back to Alexis, who's at at medical school. So she gets that voicemail at the beginning of the day in the morning and she's in between classes. She listens to the voicemail. And it's Martin saying, hey, your mom's not listening. She's trying to walk around and do all these things by herself. She's trying to take a shower and I'm telling her just to wait till I get home or whatever. And that's the voicemail. Like kind of will you call your mom and talk to her because she's being stubborn. Yeah. She calls because she's in between classes. And I think she recalls by saying, because he answered the phone all day, In this distress and said, your mom's in the bathtub. I called the paramedics and just hung up again. Her initial thought was my dad killed her. Well, she'd been told. She got in her car, started driving towards the airport. Yep. No second thought.
0: That's what I would have done.
1: And she just said that, you know, that's her entire thought process as she was, you know, going towards her house. Like my dad had to have done something or did this. Right. She gets there. I, I don't remember exactly the timeline, if it was either that night or the next morning, but it sounds like it was same day type of thing. Her mom was already taken away. The coroner had come and picked her up. And she noticed something funny. She went into her mom's bedroom. And because she had just had the surgery, because she had all these prescriptions filled, she knew where all her drug bottles were at. She noticed that they were gone. And she said, Hey, dad, were mom's pills? Because they were bedside to her. And he says, Oh, I couldn't look at them anymore. And the paramedics took them away because they wanted to, you know, part of the investigation. Okay. Writes it off as in, Okay, that's believable ish. Yeah. Okay. Michelle's body is with the corner. They obviously pronounce her dead at the scene they did their investigation into her death they very quickly in a matter of a day ruled it natural causes like hypertension and heart issues like underlying heart issues that she had the kids recall that it was very mild stuff that she had just because of age and dieting like it was nothing that they thought was a serious enough issue to like have a heart attack or what have you mm-hmm her oh god was it was not death report <laughs> her death certi- or the the write up on on the situation on the incident from the, the police report was two paragraphs long short sweet natural causes case closed oh wow okay that was on April 11th 2007 martin was very quick at let's get shit going 3 days after she died. Funeral. Wow.
0: That's that's pretty fast to have that just is put together.
1: Super quick. It's almost like you had things ready to go. He insisted on this happening so fast. Yeah. They haven't even really like the kids family understood the gravity or like grieved yeah, it. Or know what I mean. Yet. exactly. Yeah. So 3 days after her death, they have the funeral. For some reason, we don't know the exact reason. But Martin forbade the entire side of Michelle's family from coming to the funeral. Oh, hell no. He told them all that if they were to set foot at the funeral, he would have them escorted out. Excuse me? Right? I'd be like, I wish a bitch would. I would be right there. I wish a bitch would. Right. It was a already hard time. It was becoming harder. It was all happening so fast. This is just a whirlwind of emotions, I'm sure. So while the funeral is happening, there is, you know, family, close family, church members, friends at the funeral. There is one guest that is out of place. His girlfriend. A woman named Gypsy. Gypsy? Mm Mm-hmm. That's just bad news. Gypsy Willis. Oh, my gosh. Gypsy invited herself. She's gone on a couple shows like 2020, Dateline, Dr. Phil follow dr phil but
0: (laughs) i know you love him but i hate him
1: he and everyone asks her the same question like don't you think it was fucking weird yeah like dude you were fucking the deceased person's husband yeah and you show up to their funeral why And she's gone on record saying she was not invited, that she was there to support Martin, that she knew that he was going to be needing support, and that she was there to, these are her words, pay her respects. And Dr. Phil's like, do you really think you paid her respects while she was living? Like, why would you show up and pay respects now? (laughs) Love him. Um, And really interesting. The entire day of the funeral, she sexted him a total of 30 times
0: super respectful yeah yeah
1: and so obviously family friends are not taking note of exactly who's there the kids the older kids kind of noticed her but not really paid any attention. They weren't hanging around each other as far as Jim and uh, Gypsy and Martin go. so there wasn't any red flags at that point and she didn't introduce herself to anyone. so they didn't know exactly who she was at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe someone mom knew who knows. Gypsy and Martin met on an online forum that was for quantum physics. Super random.
0: Super random. I think that's where Sheldon Cooper and Amy (laughs) Farrah Feller met.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And she knew he was married. That was never a secret. She knew she was the other woman. Come to find out, they'd been having a relationship for over two years. Coincides with the amount of time that he had been starting to take care of himself as well. And they did become sexually involved. They had a full-blown relationship, a full-blown affair. Prior to Michelle's surgery, Michelle did have some suspicions because, like I said, he'd been spending more time away from work, more time at the office, blah, blah, blah. And she had one of her older daughters get on the home computer, try to figure out, you know, is dad talking to someone else? And one of the girls did find something that said, you know, the name Gypsy. So they did know of the name. And this is why it rang bells later. So... The mom did have suspicions that he was yeah. straying. <laughs> this motherfucker. Less than a week after the mom was buried, after Michelle was buried, he's like, Oh, you know what? We need a nanny in the house. We need a nanny in the house to come help take care of the kids, to come take care of the home stuff, all these things. And I know the You know what person. No You know what he did? It's even worse than that. He grabbed one of his uh, the younger kids, Rachel, and he's like, let's go to church and pray about it. So they go to church. They sit, you know, in the pews and they pray about it. As they're coming out of church, they meet a woman. And he's like, and she's like, oh, you know, I'm new to this, to this uh, church. She's Mormon as well. But I heard about your wife and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. And they get to talking and she introduces herself with her middle name. She doesn't even use gypsy and how she's looking for a job. Well, guess what? I have an opening for a nanny.
0: Wow. How perfect is that? How
1: horrible the person you have to be to convince your child that God God
0: delivered this person to you. Right. Wow.
1: So within eight days... Of his wife being dead, his nanny, girlfriend moves in. The nanny moves in, except for this nanny, fucking sucked, because she's not a nanny. Because she's not a nanny. Yeah. And she refused to do any house chores. She refused to look after the smaller children because she's not their staff. Exactly. So as soon as the little older kids started pointing this out, like, "Hey, dad, you know, you know." The older kids were like, What is she doing? And you know, aren't you gonna do anything? All these things. Martin stood up for her and was like, She is a guest. And they're like, Screeching halt, What? She's not a guest. Like, she's, she's a nanny. Yeah, she's staff. So that's when they're like, Holy red flags, who is this? Right? Mm-hmm. So, two of the adopted kids are from the Ukraine. One of them's name is Giselle. And at the time that this happened, she was, I believe, 14 or 15 years old, and because of everything that's going on, she still had some extended family in the Ukraine. He's like, hey, why don't you go a couple months off to the Ukraine, visit your extended family for a little bit, you know, just walk away from this world for a little bit, get centered again. So he sends her off to the Ukraine. Meanwhile, this motherfucker and Gypsy take a road trip off to Wyoming to, met G- to meet Gypsy's family. That's cute. Yeah. Introducing them to the future in-laws. At the dinner that night, he dropped on one knee. Of course. And she said so, yes. This is
0: so predictable.
1: Right. And you got to think about it that. How long has it been since his wife died at this point? A month. Okay. So he drops down on one knee. He asks her to marry him. She says yes. Yes. The family's like, "Oh, this is fucking weird because as far as they know, they've only been together like a couple a couple weeks." Yeah. That's how much they know. They didn't know even about this man even though he's been in her life for 2 years. They never Some of her family, sisters and stuff, say that she's a little bit of a conniving bitch. I usually don't call women out of her name, but those hurt their words. <laughs> Sounds so, pretty accurate. Um, and that she practiced Wiccan is that yeah a thing? So, um, and that she had like a shrine and was possibly like casting spells on Michelle. To I, th- there's this whole other angle that I didn't touch, go into too much. But, so they come back to Utah. Yeah, <laughs> they go get a marriage certificate. The date on their marriage certificate as the day that they started their marriage, this motherfucker put down the day that Michelle was buried. What? Yeah. How? Because when you go get a marriage certificate, you can it's good for 90 days back or forth. And you can put down like the day that you want basically your anniversary How to be. How obvious do you have to be though? This he's a weird. dumbass. He's, it's not
0: it's even that gross. he's gross. Yeah, it's not even that he's a dumbass. It's that he's evil. Right. That he's literally celebrating the day he buried his wife as
1: his freedom day, as his my new life is starting day. Yeah. With this woman. It's actually my
0: wedding day. It's not my dead wife's burial day.
1: Right. So he's remembering it as a. As he's a, romanticizing a, it. Exactly. Yeah. He's. He, he, it's gross. It's just hmm. stupid and gross and just awful to think of. Stupid and gross and ew. But really, though, to not even, if you have the ability to put down a date, why of your own free will put that date down? Yeah. Because you're, you're an, an evil person. Yeah. All of this is happening while Giselle is still in the Ukraine. A couple months go by and he starts talking martin starts talking to his older kids about how he wants to put the younger kids back up for adoption yeah
0: i'm making a lot of faces right I now i know
1: oh my god this is like that youtuber so he is talking to his kids about that there's a falling to which kids about it to his, the older kids so not, his not biological to, the, to his biological kids. kids about this and so the kids are like Fuck no, they're family. They're my sisters. You're not going to take away my sisters like that. You're not going to destroy our family. So Michelle's side of the family, her mother and her sister or her niece get wind of what's trying to get happening. He keeps pushing back the date for Giselle to come back from the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So they're like, something is weird. It turns from four months into nine months And so they see that he's not making any effort to bring her back. Financials are not an issue. Right. Let's make that clear. He's a fucking lawyer and a doctor. Right. So it's just him abandoning his kid in the Ukraine, not allowing her to come back. The kid is asking to come back. Oh, my god! So the
0: niece. Can you imagine what that would feel like? You're getting abandoned. In another
1: country. Your mom just died. Yeah. And your dad is telling you to fuck off. Yeah. And you're like, I can't get home. Right. And so Michelle's niece goes to the Ukraine to rescue Giselle. She goes over there and she finds her. And this is not to jab at the family that she's with, but it is a third world country. She was... You know, it's an extra mouth to feed. They didn't have the money. Martin was not sending her money to go to school or to oh, get food people. or to supply for her. So they were living where their shower was a bucket and they were sharing one bed for six people. Oh, my
0: God. Can you imagine dumping your kid in a oh my situation God. like
1: that? Yeah. Oh. Right? And leaving her there, even when she's asking to be brought back to her family. Wow. So the niece goes and rescues her. There's videos of the day that Giselle goes and uh, Giselle the day before she's going to come back. She's super happy, like she's seeing her aunt, all these things, you know, and and they bring her back. Now, meanwhile, the older kids are like, something's not right. Alexis is convinced, like, you did something to mom, Right. And Mm -hmm. the other daughter knows it as well. You know, the older kids know this. So him and Alexis have a falling out. Mm -hmm. And so he calls this family meeting and he tells everyone, like, you know, we're not going to talk to Alexis, all these things. You know, we're going to excommunicate her, all these things. Because he knows she's bringing his shit up, right? So he's trying to dump dump one in the
0: Ukraine, excommunicate another, and put... Other ones for adoption. Wow.
1: So... While Giselle was in the Ukraine, come to find out that he used Giselle's social security number and put it to work under Gypsy. So Gypsy usurped Giselle's identification while in the U.S. Because Gypsy owed $70,000 to the IRS. And she was trying to evade paying back taxes. These are great people. So not only did she started using Giselle's social security number... She start, she got a state ID with Giselle's name on it, her picture. She got a military ID. I'll come back to how military ties in. So she got all these identification forms and yeah. was completely using Giselle's information for her benefit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Eventually, they get caught for this. They go to trial. She gets a plea deal because Gypsy's like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing what Martin said. Blah, 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 blah. Dumb bitch. Don't. Like, <laughs> you won't. knew what you were doing. You weren't just signing things off blindly. You knew what you were doing. And she's to- and she told Dr. Phil, like, I had all this tax debt, and we didn't want it to be completely, like, garnished from our now new joint account. So, We were intending on paying it back, just not right now. So it just didn't seem like that to the law. But so he got four years for this fraud. While he's in jail and the daughters are pressing on this issue, like, I think something happened to mom that wasn't natural, they brought all the evidence that they had up to. The governor's office, Mm -hmm. because they did go to the police and the police were like, no, I I get it. Your dad was cheating, but it sounds like this was natural causes. People do die. She had just had that surgery. She had those access to those pills. So we're we're not going to look into it. Case closed, right? So they're like, fuck that. They went to the governor. They went one step ahead. And the governor's office started looking into him. And what they did, two people, two detectives got appointed to the case or to reopen the case. Mm -hmm. And they started digging into Martin's past. So now we know that early on in Martin's young adult life, he enlisted into the military He did two years. He was discharged, uh, medically disabled for schizophrenia. What? Yeah. Curveball. And then collected disability checks from the VA for $3,000 a month for 30 years. Whoa. Yeah. So that's one thing. Jesus. He forged his transcript papers when he was trying to get into medical school So he was forging the grades or his transcript so he can get into a good medical school. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Somehow, both the medical school, military, all these places or places that he was hired or worked at after this, never found out about a time in his early adult years when he stole a checkbook and bought thousands of dollars of worth of stuff or like stole stuff by fraud the uh, check fraud one of the really weird things that he bought was a lifetime supply of chocolate covered cherries <laughs> so fucking weird mm-hmm. But it, it just goes to show that he's like, I do what I want, and yeah. I'm going to get my way. He's and- just a freaking weirdo. Exactly. But that was a felony charge. Usually don't get into that with, a fel- with medical school. So, at least at the time. I mm-hmm. don't know what the rules are now. But somehow he got into medical school with these fake transcripts and all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, he's been a liar,
0: His whole life. His
1: whole life. Yeah. So this was all discovered in the new investigation that was going on. From the office. Exactly. They eventually had enough information to put him up on charges on this. The trial... Did they put him up on
0: charges of murder?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, they did? Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the interesting things, and this is a point of contention for for the uh, prosecutors, is that the story on how Michelle's body was found was different by every account. So he first told the the police or the investigators that she was, and I'll try and paint the picture. So imagine a bathtub and it's not a regular like clawfoot bathtub. It's almost like a jacuzzi tub. It's a little Mm. bit bigger. It's a little, little bit odd shaped, but
0: also a clawfoot bathtub is probably not the regular bathtub.
1: Oh, but I meant that shape. Just <laughs> so It's um, not a shallow bathtub. It's not yeah. shallow. But the way that he told investigators that he originally had found her body was that knees were on the ground outside of the bathtub. She was slumped over headfirst into the bathtub with a bathtub full of water. So
0: her face was underwater?
1: Mm-hmm. No. And he's like... Oh, I would, you know, she was maybe drawing a bath and she was all drugged up and, you know, just kind of, no. No. First of all. Two, the 911 call, he says something different. He says that half, the, the tub is halfway full and that he let the water out. Water was still in there when the paramedics got at max five minutes to get a water drain from the bathtub. Yeah. Right. Even if it's full. She's. Clothed from the waist up, she doesn't have any um, bottoms on of any sort, which that was consistent throughout. But so that was like, oh, she was drying a bath or preparing for a bath or whatever. You um, no contusions, abrasions to her head or anything. Oh, I will say that Ada, poor little Ada, she, mind you, she was six, but the way that she recalls is that when she walked in, mom was sitting in the bathtub almost upright with her back up against the back of the bathtub like you would with the faucet up at your feet,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. eyes open. Oh. Ah. Yeah. That's just... mm. Right. It gives you the heaps. And the neighbor, when... When he walked in, she was, like, a little more under from that, but not with her face in the water.
0: Do you ever so, say why he demanded a guy be in there or not?
1: No, just, um, what do you call it? Misogyny?
0: Yeah. All right. That's what it was, I think. This is a man's job. Right. Pull a woman out of the bathtub who's Thanks. dead.
1: Right. And I can't do it myself because... I want, you know, another witness here to help me pull it out of the bathtub. That's basically what it was because I'm sure he was definitely capable of it. Oh, yeah. So there's different stories on, like, how she was found. And uh, what's really interesting, and I couldn't find the autopsy report, was whether or not there was any liquid in her lungs. But obviously from us knowing that the paramedics got water out of her lungs by doing CPR, there mm-hmm. must have been some liquid in her in her, yeah. in her lungs. So. How that's not looked into as a foul play, I don't know. Right?
0: Yeah. It's odd. It is odd.
1: Like the trial.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: while he was in jail the first time for his fraud charges, two inmates came forward, roommates, that he had confessed to them or confided in them. Saying, like, yeah, I killed that bitch. So they testified against him. I'm sure, you know, there's people that say inmates are not trustworthy because they might be lying to get a better sentence or get a plea deal of their own. Mm-hmm. But, come on. I don't think they're lying. No. As far as saying, you know, what he said. So he was convicted. Guilty. Of the charges brought on him yeah he spent life or he was sentenced to life in jail done come to find out that the son his only son and his girlfriend were complicit to some degree in the fact that they flushed the pills down the toilet oh
0: i was gonna ask you what happened with right those, so when know they didn't so when
1: the over. the older daughters found that out they're like you know this is all just part of what we need to Tell them to start looking into dad like this is why we think dad did it. You know, there's, it's very different to say the paramedics took him away to you asking your son and your daughter-in-law to flush him him down the toilet. Yeah. I, um, this is me speculating and there is speculation that the son felt guilty in some type of way. He OD'd in 2010 with Uh, prescription drugs. That's too bad. So before the trial happened while martin was serving his sentence he applied for a plea or a, an appeal that was denied shortly after he committed suicide in jail as well
0: oh what a sad family right did um gypsy ever get charged with anything as an accessory or anything like no, that
1: no no she did not and a lot of the and the interviews that she's done, she's she's done a lot she's of interviews on She's capitalizing on it, yeah. Um, you know, she's, everyone's asked her this. Did you know about it? Did you have any inkling? Did, did you ever force him to do anything? Did you ever tell him, like, anything along the lines of, like, w- our life would be better without her? I want me you or for her. myself. Yeah. All these things. And she denies all that. Obviously, we know that even though... Maybe, and it's not on record that she asked him to do anything per se. I think still his motivation was to be with her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why he didn't just get a fucking divorce, I don't know. Other than Michelle would have gotten some financial stuff off of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But dude, just get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yes, Gypsy, I think, was the main motivation behind it and why he did all that he did. Obviously, the theory is that he drugged her or overdosed her and held her head underwater. Yeah, that's what it sounds so, like.
0: Which is surprising to that they wouldn't have done a talk screen and been like, wow, she's on a lot of
1: men. Well, it was all excused because of her facelift. Yeah, but which is like the perfect an excuse. An autopsy stack would
0: have been like, "This is a lot of medication for
1: somebody that had a phase left." Absolutely, a lot of different medications. A lot of medications that combined, yeah, are are also, dangerous. Yeah, and where are these meds? Oh, you flush them? How weird! Right, because at that point they don't know how many are left or how many were taken. You know, right. so if you go on YouTube, there's too many. I personally never encountered a case that has so many. Hours upon hours. I think at least 13 days of trial. Every single person that's on the stand is recorded. It's public record. Oh, wow. Everything is on there. And uh, Gypsy is on there for, I believe, two hours on the stand. They're asking her every single type of question. The surgeon that did the facelift is on there. Did he lose his license? No. Shit. Because taken correctly... If she I don't has know. Underlying I don't want to think of health
0: it. issues, like a right. potential, even like a heart murmur. She should not have been given all that. So stuff.
1: they did ask him about that because they're like, Don't you check with the regular physician, with the, you know, primary care doctor about underlying health issues. Da da da. He's like, No, I do my own assessment physically, my own physical, and if the person seems in the right headspace and in the right physical shape to have a Surgery performed. I don't go and consult with their doctors mm-hmm. because I am a doctor as well. Right. So he didn't consult with any of her primary doctors. But again, it wasn't anything like clearing. Right. It wasn't anything big. That was she wasn't on hypertension medicine or anything. Yeah. So, um, she not listening. So on he the went ahead and so he went ahead and like did the surgery. Great, but the prescription. And, and that's when they, you know, started going in at him, like, why would you do that? And I think it was more of a, a colleague's thing. They're both physicians. He trusted him. And it was under the understanding that, you know, he would be administering the drugs. And obviously he had that trust that he's a physician and he would be able to do that without overdosing her. So he had that trust in him. I don't, I don't know why he's still practicing. Yeah, but for me, it's like,
0: why are you like? First of all, who's the doctor here? So who's the one that's actually running the care? Why is mm-hmm. the husband running the care? Right. Second, the fact that he came in with a list of demands right. was the wife
1: part of this conversation? Red flags. Does she know
0: about any of this? Like, I don't
1: know. The way that it's painted no. is that you know he just came in and and. I, and to
0: me like that's a that's a Ask huge red flag huge you should be flag. D- prescribing stuff
1: without no. a patient's knowledge no absolutely not so who ended up with custody of the kids the older kids I believe adopted the their, younger ones the younger ones that's really nice um, the uh, Alexis finished medical school I believe she has her own practice they they all you know went about their lives they're successful successful. Um. the The kids all stayed together, Good. you know, with with family and stuff. So they did not get adopted out, unlike what he wanted. Ugh. So,
2: Ugh.
1: yeah, that's the crazy story of the McNeil family tragedy, murders, yeah.
0: Whatever it was,
1: a lot going on. Yeah. Oh, it's really funny. The the kid when she first saw. The name Gypsy and the computer. She's like, what is this? A stripper? <laughs> that's a stripper's name. That's what I thought. I was like, oh. But no, that's her actual name. Like no shit. Yeah, shame, I said it.
0: I'm just kidding. <laughs> y'all heard about Gypsy Rose, didn't ya? Right. I'm just saying.
1: Eey ee. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Sorry. It's very shining. Alright guys, well um, we already told you about the group, so you can follow us on Instagram at a Stranger Danger Podcast, email us a Stranger Danger Podcast at gmail.com
1: You can find us on Facebook at Stranger Danger Colon, a True Crime Podcast, on Twitter using SD True Crime Pod. And if you have the time, if you have a second, drop us a review on iTunes. Okay, thank you. We'd appreciate it. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.